Hello! There we go. There's some audio. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to, uh, this would be, uh, Sinister Sunday, if you're listening to the audio version of this, that's, uh, Morbid Mondays. Um, so, here we go. How are you? How was your weekend? I gotta tell you, you guys, I am pooped. Uh, had a, had a busy weekend of doing stuff for, uh, both the website and some entertainment stuff. And kind of what I wanted to lead off talking about uh, this evening is I had uh, an absolute blast last night. Uh, Brandy and I, my lovely uh, lady friend and I, uh, went to a place called Talon Falls in Kentucky. I live in in sort of north, middle north Tennessee, uh, just outside Nashville. And so we trucked, uh, you know, a couple hours, uh, it was, um, all the way uh all the way back to um where was it somewhere in kentucky i mean it was uh, northwestern kentucky was where we were um and uh so this talon falls place it had uh it used to have a haunted hayride that isn't there at the moment but they had three haunts and we ended up buying uh, a couple of tickets online as well as speed passes because everybody has a speed pass these days. So we had a, a speed passes as well for all of the haunts because, you know, we're old and uh, uh, not to brag, but we made enough money uh, that, you know, we were like, hey, we'll fork over the extra 30 bucks per ticket to go do this. And uh, I would argue that the price was a little steep. We're talking like, I don't know. It was, I think it was about 160 bucks for both of us. So about $80 for the three haunts. Um, and anyway, all that being the case, uh, it was super fun. We had a great time. Um, they weren't quite professional haunts. Like I, I've spent enough time at Universal Studios for Halloween Horror Nights that I'm sort of familiar with those like, hey, here's a million dollar haunted house. And it wasn't quite at that level. But it was close enough that it didn't matter. And uh, like I said, they had three haunts. One of them was kind of circus themed. Uh, one of them was uh, sort of a, you know, haunted house kind of kind of vibe. And then there was one, their signature haunted house uh, was really long and had a little bit of everything. And I got to say that one in particular, I thought was a real banger. It, it, it went on forever uh, and not in a bad way. But, uh, yeah, it was really good. And it was one of those situations where, um, the, the, the actors, the scare actors, uh, who were working the houses really kind of had Brandy's number. And so I got to hear some good screams and that was really fun. Uh, you know, had a few people wandering around, uh, of, you know, kind of a, a central area, uh, to do some scares and whatnot and uh, fire breathing and they had a DJ and stuff like that. You know, it was semi low rent, but in a really charming way. And I, it was just great. Um, I don't know if you guys have haunts like that where you are and we don't, there's one in Nashville called Nashville nightmares that does a real nice job too. But this one, um, I, well, I was really impressed with it. Uh, again, I'm not sure that it was worth every penny that we paid, but it's pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, Jason saying, I like to call this background. I want to speak to your manager. <laughs> really? Like a, more of a, a jack-o'-lantern. Um, the Karen from hell. 
All right, I'm with you. Uh, also, just rush inside from trying to fix the house and start stacking wood. I mean, whatever you got to do. If you're stacking wood, just be careful of spiders, for God's sakes. Robert saying, good, good evening, guys. I'm here, but also making cupcakes, so my chatting may be limited. Look, you're doing the Lord's work. If you're making uh, cupcakes, ain't nobody going to stand in your way. Uh, Dan saying, good evening. What's up, man? Uh, Jason saying, I always love pulling off cool stuff with limited resources. Yeah, um, it wasn't quite limited. I mean... I don't know how much money they spent on the houses, um, enough that they had some pretty good animatronics and enough that, uh, they, they pulled off some pretty good effects and, and whoever was that was behind the design of them, like, here's what makes a good local haunt. If, if you ask me is you have to know that there's a theme to the, the haunted house that you are, you're putting together that you're designing and you stick with that theme and the the big one the the signature one the last one we did it was more like they had four or five concepts that all strung together like you started off in a vampire house and then there were some werewolves and then you were uh in a swamp and then a pirate ship and that that kind of thing it was like i don't know that this totally hangs together conceptually pretty cool though pretty cool um yeah yeah it it it's fun uh dan says uh he would love to be a haunt actor i would too i wish i had the time to do that and i think my time has kind of passed because i don't think i'd ever have the time to do it during the halloween season and also by the time i got the time to do it i think i would be too old and broken to do that for you know five or six hours a, a night I, I was recording with um the hail mean guys yesterday morning and look for that hailing uh uh power hour doing uh some night of the creep so you'll you'll hear me on that but uh it, when we were having that conversation we i was talking about going to some haunts and danny let me know that uh his kids were doing a haunted car wash uh in smyrna tennessee which sounded really fun that like while you're getting your car washed you know, people kind of bang on the windows and scare you. And there's like body parts dangling, uh, from the ceiling and, and whatnot. And that sounded really fun. And it, I just like dumb stuff like that. And I don't mean dumb stuff in a negative way at all. I just mean using any opportunity to, uh, basically insert Halloween into your business. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, Jason said that he was referring to the backdrop. Yeah, that, that backdrop was actually from Halloween Horror Nights. Um, so, but I, I, you know, that's definitely one of those actors on stilts kind of things, which I, I really dig. Uh, Dan says, I'd get too out of breath these days to chase people around. I'm, I, that's, that's where I am. I'm a little too broken to do that for extended periods of time. But, uh, if you go to the Dark Parade Facebook group, you'll see some pictures I took at Talon Falls. And uh, part of the fun of that, there there was a guy who was set up as the devil, and he just sat on a stool and cracked wise as he, he was collecting tickets. And I was like, I could do that. That's the kind of energy I got is the sitting around and cracking wise. Uh, Rayman in the room, what's up, man? Um... So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of start off just celebrating it like there's a week before Halloween. And to encourage you, if you haven't been to a local haunted house in a while, the game has stepped up. It is it is definitely more. 
I, I'm not going to say competitive, but there is a higher production value to most of the haunted houses that I've been to in the past two or three years than I've ever seen before. Like the game has raised and I, and I appreciate that. I love to see a good haunted house. I love to see people get into it. Uh, you know, we were both of the mind like, Hey, once, uh, once we get, uh, around to next year, we are definitely going to go back to Talon Falls and see what's up and see if they change up the themes and whatnot. Probably try to go to Nashville nightmares as well. Cause that, that's always a good time. Uh, the evil stool sitter, Dan says of the, the devil cracking wise. Yeah. Again, that's my speed of like, let me have a seat. Maybe you put <laughs> a couple of, you know, those Her uh, Hershey dark chocolate minis in a bowl. Uh, give me a cold glass of milk and I'll take some tickets. How about that? That that sounds like a good Halloween evening. So, yeah, ter terrific amount of fun. Like I said, if you get the opportunity uh, over the next week to to visit one of your local haunts, please do. I think you're going to have a good time doing it. Um, all right, let's get into some news. Again, thanks uh, to everyone who is here. Um, I always appreciate it. And I have, let's see, six news stories ready to rock and or roll, uh, this evening. So let's jump into it. The first one isn't th this is the least newsy of, of news stories, but it, it I suppose that's why uh, we're going to lead with it. But, uh, Brandon Cronenberg, son of David Cronenberg and director of, uh, possessor and antiviral. Um, has announced that uh, principal photographer, principal photography rather, is done on his new film Infinity Pool, uh, starring Alexander Sarsgaard. Um, it has a really vague uh, film description or a plot synopsis right now of like, hey, some people go to this resort and it's more and less than they than it seems and blah blah blah. It's like, all right, I, you don't need to sell me. I don't care what the the plot of it is. You're you, a you're David Cronenberg's kid, and I'm curious about that. B I saw Possessor, and Possessor kind of rocked. Um, you know, it definitely has that Cronenbergian vibe. So I don't know. Let's see what you got, and I'll I'll definitely check out uh, what's his face, Alexander Sarsgard. Sarsgard, that's a different guy. Peter Peter Sarsgard. Alexander Sarsgard. Is it a? I think that's right. Yeah, uh, look, all these Swedish-based actors, uh, you know, uh, how about you spell your name uh, right? I don't know what that means. Uh, Dan saying, who peed in the infinity pool? Turns out, this is true, 100% true. If you pee in the infinity pool, it turns purple. That, hand of God, that, that'll that work. Uh, okay, that's enough about the infinity pool. You get it, you get it. It's a new Cronenberg, or Brandon Cronenberg movie, so... You know, we're all interested in that to one degree or another. Um, so if you ever thought to yourself, I've got $2.1 million laying around and I've always wanted to live in the home popularized by a famous horror movie, have I got a deal for you? The Nightmare on Elm Street house, the original OG Elm Street house, uh, located in California, um, you can now buy that for $2.1 million. The caveat is that you have to get your offer in on the place by Halloween. So 
you know, I offered what I could and they said, sir, we do not work on the barter system. And I said, yeah, but have you seen my collection of Muppet glasses? They said no. And then hung up, which was weird because it was on the internet. Um, <laughs> Andrew, Hey, what's up, man? Andrew Valdez say that there are a hundred scars guards, scar guards, abominable, 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 the abdominal, I don't know. Um, and Dan saying there are 200 Baldwins. Uh, yeah, that feels right. Poor Alec Baldwin. I know everybody jumped on his case about, uh, you know, firing a prop gun that, that hurt, uh, a camera operator. And let me just say this. I'm sure he feels terrible. I, I know that uh, Alec Baldwin has done shitty things in his life, but being on the other side of an accident like that, that, that claimed someone's life and injured someone else. I am sure he feels like absolute garbage, uh, as a result of that. So I'm not getting on Alec Baldwin's case too much. Cause Hey, that was a prop gun. Somebody handed him a prop gun. He fired the prop gun and it, it hurt somebody, you know, that I, that's not his fault. It is not his job to make sure that that gun is not loaded. Um, I feel bad for everybody on the set. And I know that there are, there are, some stories circulating uh, that the the set of the film that he was on rust is the name of the movie that uh the set may not have been up to snuff that there may have been people playing fast and loose with you know hours and safety and stuff like that but oh my goodness uh alan saying i put a bit in but i don't want to evict bo burnham that's right he he shot the uh inside special Right? Isn't that right? Didn't he shoot the inside special in that house? Um, I don't know. I only got about ten minutes into that inside special before I was like, this is some navel gazing bullshit. Uh I know a lot of people like Bo Burnham and I thought he was great and pretty young woman. I just that, that special I, I it was a little a little too much for me. I think maybe I'm just too happy a person for <laughs> for the Bo Burnham special. Because I was not in the mood to be bummed out. Uh, and there seemed to be a little bit of, of bummery afoot. Um, anyway, so that's the whole story. If you got $2.1 million, you, you can buy that house. Uh, and actually I'm sure that the, the price is up at this point. So you're going to need 10 point, 2.1 plus million dollars. Uh, Andrew saying the basement slash boiler room, not included in that Elm street house. Very true, but you know, just down the road at the school. Um, Okay, where do we want to go next? All right, here's something that we talked about recently. I think two weeks ago we talked about Jamie Clayton being cast in the new Hellraiser reboot at Hulu, uh, that feature film. Well, guess who is also making a Hellraiser reboot? That's right, your friend and mine, David Gordon Green, director of Halloween and Halloween Kills, as well as the Pineapple Express and a bunch of you know, uh, comedy, stoner comedies, and that sort of thing. So that is being done as a series at HBO, also known, if you're in the industry, as Habo. Um, so on Habo, they are... <laughs> it's not really known like that. Uh, they are doing a, a series of Hellraiser. Um, there is a script for it, I think is what I read. Uh, hold on, I've got a quote here. Uh, it's super early in production. Maybe there's not a, a total a, a script for it yet, but uh, they're in pre-production on that guy. 
Meanwhile, the Hulu uh, production that Clive Barker is actually behind, he is producing, um, that not only has a script, but it's been casting, as we know, because Jamie Clayton got cast as Pinhead. Um, so, I don't know. I have a feeling that the television series is going to be a more traditional take on the Hellraiser mythos. Um, I don't know that I want to see a Hellraiser show because, again, I think that's going to focus maybe more on the Cenobites than I want to see. Um, so, uh, I don't know. What do you guys, how do you guys come down on this one? I, you know, I'm not going to judge a television show that I haven't seen yet. I'm just not sure that I want to see a Hellraiser television show versus, I'd like to see a movie or two. That'd be all right. Um... Derek showing up. What's up, man? Rayman saying, I just want someone like Del Toro or Flanagan, Mike Flanagan, to to tackle Hellraiser. Yeah, I mean, I, that would be interesting if the series was, hey, we're going to give a bunch of really good horror directors an episode. We're going to do like 10 episodes and we're going to try to find up and coming like horror directors to give their spin on Hellraiser. I would also be more interested if it were more anthology than narratives series that if it was like here's tales of the lament configuration where it's stories of people brushing up against the world of the cenobites and all that stuff that to me would be uh far more interesting um <laughs> dan saying he likes the shirt uh again if you're listening to this on the morbid mondays you don't get to see the uh very cool house t-shirt that i'm wearing but you know you pick your battles uh <laughs> so but thank you I, I i like this shirt a lot also it was clean and that's not true of most of my clothes at this point um andrew says and you get a hellraiser and you get a hellraiser and you get a hellraiser yeah i i what i neglected to mention is i am also producing a version of hellraiser um here in my world of halloween candles if you look closely you will see the puzzle box somewhere in this shot um <laughs> jason says hobo ranstell that's right uh alan uh says evil winks tonight that ought to be the the uh the tagline of the show if david gordon green is watching and i know he is evil winks tonight is where is where it's at uh derek saying michael doherty is i think involved with the david gordon green thing that's certainly more interesting like i said i wish uh, i wish i wish uh, I hope that it's an anthology. I think that is the way to go with it. Uh, Dan says, David Gordon Green should probably give the horror genre a little break for a while. Eh, don't get your hopes up, Dan, because you got Halloween Ends. Is that what it's called? Halloween Dies? Halloween Ends? One of, one of the two is the last of the Halloween uh, trilogy that they're still trying to figure out how to land that plane. And then, of course, you've got you know his Hellraiser thing. Once that Hel Halloween 2018 uh, deal took off, once that made some money, David Gordon Green can do whatever horror thing he wants to do because that made money. And that's what matters is, did you make money for us? Uh, Andrew says, everyone name drops Mike Flanagan. I want different views. Um, yeah, and Flanagan's kind of got his own vibe um, where, you know, he is a very traditional kind of long form narrative storyteller 
I wouldn't mind. I mean, speaking of a Brandon Cronenberg, how awesome would it be to see Brandon Cronenberg do a Hellraiser uh, film? Or uh, Timo Tiante doing some Hellraiser. Uh, Joko Anwar doing some Hellraiser. Sian Sono doing some Hellraiser. I, I think the more experimental a director that you have doing that stuff, I think the better off we all are. Um, Let's see. Derek says, I wish Mad Mel Gibson directed a Hellraiser movie. Uh, you know, I'm still surprised Mel Gibson is out of Hollywood jail. I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm on board yet with him not being Hollywood's asshole. Because I don't know that he ever apologized for his behavior. And let's face it, his, you know, he's kind of an anti-Semite. Or certainly seems so. Uh, and, and that's not cool. Like we want to have an inclusive community in the, in the horror world and having like, uh, Victor Salvo, that dude who did Jeepers Creepers turns out he was a, a pedophile and he's back making movies, which blows my mind. Uh, he, he did another Jeepers Creepers movie and that guy should not be allowed to make movies at all. I know like I'm all for second chances and whatnot, but come on, man. <laughs> anyway uh rayman says i'd love a limited event series for hellraiser 12 to 14 episodes but something that's meant to be an end for the hellraiser mythos yeah but if you've got two cannons going sim simultaneously but by, by which i mean like c-a-n-o-n two mythos like you have one that's the hbo thing and one that's the hulu thing and if the hulu thing is successful then they're going to keep going I don't know. I I'm kind of in the camp of whichever one Clive Barker is like, no, 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 this is the one I'm doing. That's kind of knee jerk. The one I'm more interested in just cause it's his baby. So eh, that's kind of where I am. Uh, Robert says he just listened to an audio drama of the hellbound heart. And I don't see any reason why it couldn't be a great anthology with people besides Doug Bradley. Yeah. I, that's kind of where I land on it. I haven't listened to the hellbound heart yet. I got so uh, quick aside before we, uh continue um i've been watching the only thing i've been watching aside from horror movies this halloween is that hulu series dope sick which is both fantastic and entirely depressing and so after i finished amityville horror i started listening to the audiobook of dope sick which i recommend but again really a bummer if you if you want to listen to something that's going to make you feel terrible about the world around you might I interest you in a dope sick? Uh, it's it's great. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It's fascinating. It's just heartbreaking. Every every like three uh, pages or you know few minutes in the in the audio book. It's just like. And so here is another life tra tragically cut short or ruined by the uh, prescribing of opioids. Uh, and it didn't have to be anyway, it, it, it's terrific. You ought to watch the show. If you've got Hulu, no reason you shouldn't watch the show. Michael Keaton's fantastic in it. Uh, the last episode dropped last Wednesday and it was, it was a real heartbreaker. It was really good. Um, Andrew saying, give Hellraiser to Julia Ducournau, uh, particularly after Titan, man, that is so high on the list of stuff that I want to watch. I just don't have time right now to watch a brand new movie, which sounds crazy. I know, but I'm still wrapping up the 31 days of Halloween, uh, for October, which if you're not listening to the 31 days of, uh, of Halloween on Legion might I invite you to do so. Um, 
which is me watching 31 movies for Halloween and doing little mini reviews. One drops every day. And uh, so I've been working on that. I'm trying to get a little bit ahead on Dark Parade, which you're listening to right now. The main shows, I mean, because at the end of November for Thanksgiving, I'm taking off to the beach. I'm going to Charleston uh, for Thanksgiving. So I'm trying to get ahead enough that that show will be prepared and will drop on time. So I just haven't had time to catch up with Titan, but oh my God, I'm so excited to watch it. That That's going to be the thing that I probably watch it like November 1st. I will watch Titan. Um, Jason says if they kind of look to the metal Herland Chronicles uh, or the first heavy metal movie idea of how people are affected by coming with the influence of the Lachanar puzzle box, that could work. That to me seems like the coolest idea is that you, yeah, like you said, you, you kind of give the puzzle box to various people. It's, you know, what is your pleasure, sir? And then you, you, you kind of go, uh, on, you know, through that, like, uh, what was that movie? Was it $20 where it followed a $20 bill among a bunch of characters? Something like that. I think that would be super fun. Uh, Alan says Halloween slips it slips a mickey uh gary uh chiming in with a good afternoon what up man uh derek saying halloween ends the jaws uh the revenge of halloween movies yeah man um again they just i don't think they know exactly what they want to do with that yet uh i mean do uh, last i heard at least was that they were still working on the script for halloween ends to try to figure out how to how to how to like i said how to land the plane on this guy uh and i don't know uh, Dan saying Rob Zombie's Hellraiser. Anyone? I'm joking. He's too far. He's far too busy with uh, monsters. Eh, wait a second. We'll get to that. Um, Alan saying Flanagan isn't kiki enough for Hellraiser. I don't disagree with that. I actually think you need somebody that is a little bit daring. You know, I think Julia Dorcanu. Uh, I'm sure I'm butchering her name. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a really nice fit actually, or, or a Brandon Cronenberg, somebody that kind of gets the idea, like, let's get into the psychology of sex and fetishism and, and that kind of thing. Uh, Rayman saying the Halloween kills novelization comes out on Tuesday, day one by, right? I'd be curious. Also, I think it's weird that the Halloween kills novelization is coming out this far after the release of that movie. Um, I'll tell you what, while we're talking about it, bear with me, kids, because we're going to look and see what the uh, the the box office was. Because I know Halloween Kills um, did well on its opening weekend. I, I'm curious about the drop-off. So, uh, made 22... 22 million on Friday uh, on the 15th uh made four and a half this past Friday. Uh Saturday was a little bit better with about 6 million, but it made you know, I mean it did well. It made like almost 50 million dollars that first weekend. Looks more like it's going to make about 14 15 uh this weekend, but that's this movie's made almost a hundred million dollars and it could not have cost that much. Certainly weren't paying much for the script. Am I right? You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you get it. You get it. 
Um, <laughs> Gary says, uh, just got two more reviews and want to show out today. Water pump one, $350 later. I'll be on the ball tomorrow. Yeah, man. Do what you got, got to do when you can do it, man. Uh, Water pumps, not not a fun thing to replace, but, I mean, the joys of home ownership and car ownership, right? Like, I, I was having that conversation just this morning of, like, my, I will be officially, uh, I will have officially paid off every bill and outstanding, like, car note and home note and all that stuff the end of next year, at which point I will promptly turn around and get back in debt to do some home renovations. Um, Just the way it goes, man. Just the way it goes uh jason saying evil reads tonight that's pretty good that would be a great tagline for the novelization evil reads tonight evil reads tonight uh andrew valdez says uh he's excited for last night soho i'm going to, i'm worried it's going to underperform in the box office i think that's kind of been the case for edgar wright in general like i don't think baby driver did as well as people hoped um i'm sure that sparks did not you know do gangbusters at the box office even though it was a terrific documentary i went to the movies to see that and it was great um yeah last night in soho i'm really looking forward to as well uh i've heard some mixed reviews of that some early reviews of it but i don't care i, lo I love i'm a i'm an apologist for scott pilgrim versus the world i think that movie is great so yes i will see anything that edgar wright ever does as long, as long as I can draw air into these lungs, I will be there for Edgar Wright. Uh, Derek said uh, uh, he watched Cemetery of Terror today, and it was amazing. I'm not sure if I know that one, man. Uh, throw a link to the IMDb in the chat. Let me take a look at that. I don't think I've seen that one yet. Okay. Uh, enough about dueling Hellraisers. Where are we going next? Okay. I know where we're going next. Uh, this is news you can use. Uh, Steve Kostansky, director of Psycho Gorman, which is that guy right there, that's Psycho Gorman, um, he has announced that there is a sequel in the works. So uh, if you thought to yourself, boy, that Psycho Gorman was a great movie, like I did, and perhaps you want a little more of it, you're about to get it. Uh, well, not you know, it's going to take a while to get there, but... Man, I love Psycho Gorman so much. I thought that movie was wonderful. What a delight. Uh, that come out this year? Was that this year already? Man, this has been a weird year as far as releases. I gotta, I'm, you know, once I wrap up October, I gotta start thinking about an end of year list and start watching. Like, I haven't seen The Night House yet. I need to see The Night House. I need to see Titan. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, if, if Psycho Gorman was this year, it will definitely be probably be on an end of year list oh lee russell in the house what up man um yeah i like hunky boys as well or do i uh man what a delightful movie i know it's not everybody's cup of tea it's a very specific kind of film uh but i i adore it um yeah and i i i'm really excited that we're gonna get a little bit more of that uh all right, let's get to our, oh, wait, hold on. Derek's telling me it's a Mexican horror movie from 1985, and it's a cross between a slasher and a zombie movie with Hugo Stoglitz as the Dr. Loomis character. All right, I'm in. Uh, I, that sounds like something I need to watch. Um, 
All right. This, all right. This is kind of piggybacking on a story that we talked about either the first or second Morbid Monday, I feel like. And that is the Bad Ben found footage horror movie series, of which I have seen none. So uh, let me take a, a little drink to wet my whistle. <clears throat> okay, so Bad Ben, I still have not seen any of. Uh, see above regarding 31 Days of Halloween, as well as trying to uh, get all of the Dark Parade shows scheduled well enough in advance that I can go on vacation in November uh, uh, to Charleston and not have to think to myself, holy shit, I should have done so much more recording. I'm trying to do that now. But I will get to the Bad Ben series very soon, sooner rather than later. I've only got like six movies I need to watch before I am I am free of obligation. And Bad Ben is going to be on that list. I'm not saying I'm going to watch it the same day I watched Titan, but uh, it is going to happen pretty soon. And the point is, guys, they are making a video game version of Bad Ben called Bad Ben Dread. Let me give you a little information on this. Um, so you're playing Tom Riley, uh, and buys this, uh, house sight unseen, and it looks to be kind of a Five Nights at Freddy's thing. Um, the way that it, it, <laughs> it it's being made by a developer called Corpse Pile, and you can play this right now on Itch.io if you're a, a video game person. Um, Ichio is sort of a is super indie game uh, play. So here's the idea: is w one of these days I am going to watch those Bad Ben movies, and then I will play this game. Uh, so I don't know exactly what the game is, but there is a video game of Bad Ben, and uh, boy, I I feel like I I should watch that. Um. Okay, so let's get into the final bit of news uh, for the evening, and uh, somebody called it from the cheap seats earlier. That is, of course, that we got... Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we get to that, Jason saying that he has played the Bad Ben game. Please tell me more, uh, and I, we will... Uh, Ricky in the house as well. So we will catch up to that in just a moment, but... Um, as, uh, someone mentioned earlier, the Monsters movie has, uh, uh, released a set photo, uh, featuring Sherry Moon Zombie as Lily Munster surprising no one. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I had the other actors pulled up. We have Jeff Daniel Phillips as Herman Munster, who was in, uh, Three from Hell and, uh, Lords of Salem. Yeah, he was in Lords of Salem. And you also have Daniel Roebuck, who I know best as being the guy who played Jay Leno in that made-for-TV movie about the late-night wars called The Late Shift, uh, which I, I still have uh, very fond memories of. And he, uh, apparently he's a horror guy as well, um, has been bouncing around, like directed a couple of uh, like horror docs about horror television hosts or something. 
based on some very sketchy quick research i did uh he is playing grandpa monster um my favorite meme i have seen about all of this is that script excerpt that somebody put together that's like uh just a bunch of f-bombs as the monster family is talking to one another um i don't know what that's gonna be I I really have no idea. Like, is this going to be a typical Rob Zombie movie with the monsters trappings in which everything is terrible and there's at least one rape and that everybody is is just chewing uh, the word fuck over and over and over again? Or is this going to be like Eli Roth doing a house with a clock in its walls where he kind of does a kid-friendly version of a horror film? Which I would be really interested to see. I would love to see Rob Zombie stripped of the kind of narrative hooks that he normally leans on and just the graphic language and stuff like that. And I ain't against graphic language. I use graphic language myself all the time. But I would like to see him uh disavow all of that and just do a kid-friendly version of the monsters or you know a teen-friendly version of the monsters or something like that is that where we're gonna get i don't know we'll see um gary saying uh he's excited for daniel roebuck only one that's paid their dues uh dan saying rob zombie see yourself out please uh lee russell saying i don't need any more monsters what a strange project to bother with in 2021 well keep in mind too <laughs> alan says hopefully that this is as good as the three stooges reboot yeah if only um so here's the thing the reason that anyone was doing the monsters is because it is a name that somebody might be familiar with and i heard someone use the expression ip fracking of late and I think that's what it comes down to is, hey, is there an existing property that we haven't completely driven into the ground yet? Well, then let's try to make a movie, television show, and or video game of it. Uh, and that's where we are. Um, So I'm, you know, here, here's the thing. The, the other, the other thing that's floated around about this is the idea of Sherry Moon Zombie maybe not being the best actress i i think she's fine you know and and it's especially in a lot of the horror work that she's done i think she's been fine in that um and you know it, like the the running jokes of if if rob zombie directed a reboot of jaws she would be the shark and that kind of thing you know i'm kind of on on the team of if he's if he's working with his wife and they both enjoy that collaboration and it both feels successful to them, then kind of fuck anybody else who's got a problem with it. Um, you know, I can, I can throw stones from over here on the internet all day long. I ain't making the movie, you know, I'm not on that set. And if he's just decided, Hey, I want to make a movie with the person that I love. And I'm going to do that every single time. And we both share the same, you know, ethos and we both understand what it is that I want this movie to be and blah, blah, blah. Fine. Fine. 
Andrew heading out for dinner. You're leaving at a wise time. Um, I don't have a problem with any of that. Uh, but I also vote with my dollars. You know, like I didn't see three from hell because I saw 31 and I was like, I'm not giving Rob Zombie any more money until somebody tells me that I need to give him money to see a thing. Uh, I don't. I'm just tired of watching that kind of movie where everybody is just a gross character. I feel terrible at the end of his movies and not in that, you know, martyrs way where I'm existentially shaken. It's like spending. Here's what it's like. It's like when you go to like a high school reunion or you go back to your hometown and you hook up with a friend of yours from high school and it turns out that he's like a low key kind of functional alcoholic and he got a divorce and he doesn't talk to his kids anymore. And you're just like, ugh, you're just a bad person and I don't want any part of this. Uh, and I, I hope that I never talk to you again. That's how I feel when I watch a Rob Zombie movie now is that it is the cinematic equivalent of hanging out with an old friend that I used to have a good time with and now just makes me feel kind of sad. So I'm not going to see the monsters until somebody, like I said, if somebody comes in uh, to this chat and is like, you're not going to believe this. He has done an entirely different movie than the kind of movie he normally does. It's really good. It's really fun. It's very funny. That would be exactly what I would want to hear to lure me into seeing the monsters. Um, Dan says, isn't Tim Burton doing a Wednesday series? Yeah, which is also a thing I don't give a shit about. Like, Tim Burton is another director that has not made anything that I cared about since, I don't know, the early 2000s? When was Sleepy Hollow? That was probably the last thing I cared about. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Um, Jim says, what's up, Jim? Uh, Wednesday Adams helping cops solve murder seems very off brand. Yeah, it really does. But also like Sleepy Hollow is very, not very, it's not super off brand for the Sleepy Hollow story, but it's a different take on it. Um, but you know, the last few things he's done, like those Alice in Wonderland movies are, I didn't see the second one. The first one was God awful. Uh, that Planet of the Apes remake was terrible. Um, I, yeah, it, it's just hard to th- imagine. Like Dark Shadows was miserable. I, I just there just hasn't been anything that's come out of Tim Burton in a while that I have any interest in. Um, Gary says the comedic timing is not there. Yeah, I don't think Rob Zombie's funny. I he hasn't done a funny movie yet. I think the last thing he did that I liked was probably Lords of Salem. Uh, and, and I have my problems with that, but I think it's at least different and kind of interesting. Uh, Dan saying Wednesday has a great cast with Catherine Zeta Jones, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he can't put together a good cast. The, uh, that dark shadows movie had an outstanding cast too. Man, it's still a piece of crap. Um, <laughs> Jason says if zombie does a proper monsters movie, it should avoid most of his worst traits. And that might be something, but it's too early to tell. That's kind of where I am. I, I, My gut reaction is I don't think I want to see it, but if it comes out and it's rated PG, then I'm more interested. An R-rated Monsters movie from Rob Zombie ha- offers no interest to me. A PG Monsters from Rob Zombie I find really interesting as an idea. Um, 
Alan says, oh God, Rob Zombie movies are my dad. Right. Yeah. I know. Like my dad too, uh, were he still with us. But yeah, it is just that kind of, I don't, I don't like this. Uh, Andrew says Sleepy Hollow was 99. That feels right. That feels like the last time. Hold on. Uh, Corpse Bride was the last Burton that did anything for me, Jason says. But isn't that Henry Selleck more than Tim Burton? And, all right, let's let's look at the Tim Burton filmography very briefly. We're not going to go too far down this rabbit hole. I just want to get a look at the last stuff he directed. Um, Yeah, the Wednesday series, Dumbo, don't give a shit. Uh, Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, uh, did not see big eyes i'm more curious about it because of christoph waltz still didn't see it frank and weenie fine dark shadows poop alice in wonderland poop sweeney todd uh you know what i kind of enjoyed sweeney todd so uh you only have to go back 14 years for me to care about something that uh tim burton did and i thought big fish was okay so big fish is okay charlie and the chocolate chocolate factory was a disaster Corpse Bride, I, I know a lot of people like it. I wasn't crazy about it. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, all right. I just want to get a feel for that, but yeah. Uh, Gary says uh, he likes Dark Shadows. It's not the show, but I have a big soft spot for it. I I just, I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was interesting. I didn't think any of the I I do like the series to some degree, and I just thought it was taking that property and completely misunderstanding what made that interesting um i'd rather watch house of dark shadows which kind of rules uh dan says that he loved big fish yeah big fish is cool um just to catch up on the bad ben thing because i don't want to ignore what jason was saying uh he said that that bad ben game is pretty sim it's a pretty simple recreation of the same basic plot as the first movie with some fetch quests to give you something to do as you will wander around the location. It's really just a, a bit of light silliness that's for the fans to have fun with and a bit of an ad for the next movie. Um, okay. And he said it, the internet connection died when uh, he was looking at the trailer for Bad Ben 9. There are nine of those. I got to do one of those. Um, Andrew says... Uh, uh his full-length version of frank and weenie i never saw that i saw the short years ago and and thought that was fine um but i didn't i didn't go back to it um yeah so eh, you know uh, tim burton and rob zombie occupy that same place in my mind of here are directors that i used to care about uh eli roth also on that list here's a director that i used to think might be something um and i was I, I was proven wrong every time. Every time I, I, I let one of those directors capture my heart, uh, it turns out that they were not very good. Um, Okay. If you have any questions related to what we talked about or not, or just random questions, uh, hit them up. Hit them up style uh, in, in the chat. It is time to get to uh, movies that are streaming between now and when next we talk. And spoilers... There aren't many. Uh, on Netflix, on October 27th, you can watch Hypnotic, starring Kate Siegel, recently of Midnight Mass. This is not a Mike Flanagan film, but just a film she is in, a horror film, uh, that uh, involves, I believe, uh, uh, sort of hy hypnotic regression or hypnotic memory recollection. 
Anyway, uh, I'll eat Kate Siegel. I'll probably check that out at some point. Also, a sequel to a movie I didn't see called Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight. Um, and, eh, I, I don't know anything about it. But they're doing a sequel, and it's going to be on Netflix on October 27th. Um, nothing uh, horror-related on Hulu or Amazon that I saw. And uh, HBO Max, same thing, on uh, Shudder. Uh, you can watch as of October 25th being tomorrow, or if you're listening to morbid Mondays as of today, you can watch the movie, the addiction, which I highly recommend a great art house vampire film. And you can watch two films that are similar in my mind, uh, just before dawn and rituals. Both of them are kind of slasher movies that involved uh, people going into the woods or, or remote areas and being uh, hounded by the locals uh, to some degree. And uh, anyway, so that's it. That That's between now and Halloween. You got a little time on your hands to catch up. Might I recommend some of the stuff I've been watching on the 31 days of Halloween? Because let's talk about this for a second, people. No bullshit. When was the last time you watched Motel Hell? Motel Hell is so good. It had been a while since I watched it, and I watched it for the 31 days. My uh, review of it just dropped uh, a couple of days ago, I think Saturday, on uh, on legionpodcast.com. Motel Hell is wildly entertaining. It's unsettling and not, necess- not necessarily scary, but certainly disturbing at times. Also, very funny. Uh, it is one of the best blends of horror and comedy from the eighties that you're likely to see. And it's from like 1980 movies, almost, uh, well, it's 41. It could have a kid in college if, uh, it had found the right person. Um, but motel hell is fantastic. If you haven't seen that in a while, go back and revisit it. If you've never seen motel hell, uh, then you need to watch it. And if you've watched it within the past 30 days, you're living right. That's all I can say about that. You're you're smarter than me. Um, <laughs> uh, Andrew, da, 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 where am I? Dan says Eli Roth a better actor than director, in my opinion. Yeah, I would. Uh, you know, House with a Clock in Its Walls is fine. That's a that's a pretty well directed film. I don't know that he's a bad director. I think that Eli Roth as a person, I don't think I like. I don't like his his ethos. I don't like that what he what, thematically. After I saw Knock Knock, I was like, Eli Roth is a 14-year-old still. And I just don't have a whole lot of time to watch movies directed by 14-year-olds. Gary says, people stroke their egos way too much. Look at Tarantino. That head is way big. I mean, I think that's just genetics. Uh, You know, what are you going to do? Tarantino is one of the few directors that I think is as good as the hype. Uh, When I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... Um, that is a movie that I wish I was still watching right now because it had never ended. Um, it's the old Roger Ebert line of no, no movie can be a good movie can never be too long and a bad movie can never be too short. That's how I felt about once upon a time in Hollywood. I just wanted to live in that movie. Uh, just beautiful, beautiful film. And I've seen it a couple of times now. I love it. Um, Jim Connick says, I like listening to Eli Roth talk about movies much more than I enjoy the ones he makes. 
man, I'm just so soured on Eli Roth after Knock Knock and Hostile Two, and just a of slate and uh aftermath the movie that he co-wrote that i just think he's kind of a gross person and it's hard it's like uh jim carrey for me i think jim carrey's kind of an asshole and it's hard for me to enjoy jim carrey movies because i think the person underneath that isn't someone that i would care for and that's kind of how i feel about eli roth um i'm probably wrong but i it's just you know it's one of those grudges that i have that he don't know about and couldn't give a shit about if he did and it, i just can't enjoy eli raw stuff i know he's on the second or third season of that eli raw's history of horror i watched a couple of episodes of that and i just kind of bailed on because i was like i'm not learning this is a show for the normies i'm not learning anything about horror movies that i didn't know before um dancing uh quentin tarantino better director than actor yeah 100 percent um the he's okay and from dust till dawn like he is the as richie he is the appropriate amount of creepy from uh for from dust till dawn um gary saying hal holbrook and joe don baker for the win yeah yeah yeah. that's uh yeah uh, th that's rituals right is that the cast of rituals uh hold on uh, let me let me confirm because it's been years since i've seen that but i remember thinking that it's kind of a uh 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 yeah howell holbrook lawrence day and robin gamble um yeah 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 uh that that is it's a kind of a deliverance ripoff to some degree but i mean if you're gonna rip off a movie deliverance is terrifying that's a great movie um gary also saying rory calhoun is a treasure damn right Oh my goodness, he is so, he gets Motel Hell either completely or not at all. And I can't tell by his performance, but it's one or the other and it works perfectly. Uh, Jim says, I never recognized Rory Calhoun until he's standing on his hind legs. Yeah, 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 for sure. Ricky Morgan saying, Motel Hell is so fun. It was one of my first movies I picked to do on Rad. So ridiculous, but so enjoyable. I'll tell you, the thing that I love most about Motel Hell Aside the fact uh, from the fact that Cliff Clavin from Cheers is in it, which I find wonderful. I like the moment when they find all of the cars in the swamp, which is clearly a ripoff of Psycho. They're just doing a riff on that and kind of making fun of dumping cars into a swamp like that. But when the, the sheriff, when the younger brother is like scanning his flashlight across the water and he gets to the van of the band Ivan and the Terribles, uh, of whom uh, or of which uh cliff clavin is the drummer when the light hits the van a bong floats to the surface of the water it's just perfect timing it is so funny uh i love it so much gary says that sigma master of horror label holds a lot of pressure and is often given too early yeah i agree like people saw uh, uh cabin what cabin fever and hostile and pretty much said, oh, he is a new master of horror. And then he produced uh, a bunch of other work that was like, oh, maybe he's not. Maybe we got this very, very wrong. Um, yeah, I think you need a few movies under your... I, I think a minimum of five. You have to... This is our new rule moving forward on The Dark Parade and Morbid Mondays. Is 
before we call you a master of horror, you have to direct five movies and four of them have to be good. So there you have it. Uh, if, and you can get high, like you can make sit, you can make three good movies and two bad ones in that five, but you don't get the master of horror label. But as soon as you direct that fourth good movie, then, you know, you're back on the list. Four of six, you're still a master of horror. Um, but yes, he is not. Uh, Eli Roth is not a master of horror. He is a horror bro. Uh, Alan McPherson says, uh, did you catch the Ringer podcast on Siskel and Ebert? I did not. Uh, that I will do maybe tonight. Um, that sounds really good. Uh, Andrew Valdez says Eli Roth comes off broy. Maybe that's not how he really is, but he comes off that way in his movies. I think that's how he comes off in his interviews too. He is the Zach Bagans of horror directors. Uh, the two of them uh, are are kind of of the the same ilk. I find. Uh, Dan says Green Inferno was when I was done with Roth. I think I was off before Green Inferno, but I did see Green Inferno. And I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, this was terrible. Um, <laughs> this is not good. Uh, Ricky says, it's the swinger scene for me in Motel Hell. The swinger scene is incredibly funny. Uh, I, I talked about that in the 31 Days uh, bit that I did where I said that, you know, that scene in, by today's standards might even be problematic. But I don't know that you can deny a guy who's into bondage really getting off on being tied up by someone who is just going to turn him into sausage. I think that's wonderful. It's so funny. Uh, Dan says by those rules, Shyamalan is not a master yet. Then by all, yes, a hundred percent M night Shyamalan, not a master of horror, not even like a consistently good director. I maybe batten 500, maybe. All right, let's do another of our deep dives Our patented morbid monday deep dives on a filmography and we will very quickly go through the list of m9 Shyamalan movies and talk about what's good and bad uh praying with anger didn't see wide awake didn't see six cents fantastic unbreakable pretty good signs yeah it's all right the village terrible lady in the water terrible the happening terrible last airbender didn't see it heard it was terrible after earth didn't see it heard it was terrible uh, the visit, it's fine. It has a kid getting his face uh, filled with a, a, a poopy diaper. That was great. Uh, the rest of it I can take or leave. Uh, split, I like. I'm I'm on board for split. Glass, didn't see. Old, didn't see. Knock at the cabin, not out yet. There you have it. So that's what? One good movie, three okay no two good movies three okay movies so you're eh, you're maybe head above water but no you are not a master of horror with them kind of numbers um yeah sorry m night Shyamalan, you don't get it uh dan says loving these deep dives yeah 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 every now and again you gotta you gotta take a look uh Veldis is uh Shyamalan is not a master of suspense. He's much more trying to emulate Hitchcock or Rod Serling. Yeah, and I think he got trapped by that. I need to have a twist at the end. Like, he's constantly trying to manipulate his audience. And at a certain point, it's like, don't try to, you know, do the old dipsy doodle on me, which you should only do in the confines of a loving marriage. <laughs> don't do that. 
just give me a good movie. Don't try to like pull the rug. Oh, but all along it turns out that they're on a different planet or some shit. I don't need any of that. Uh, if you want to do it and can get away with it, like six cents is unbelievable in that respect. Um, but the rest of it's like, man, that the village in particular, I remember getting to the end of the village and feeling so, uh, just betrayed by a director that this is not the movie you were showing me. And also why, why make your cameo the moment when I realize how much I hate the movie anyway, <laughs> Uh, Dan says the quickest, best roast of a director's back catalog ever just then. Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, apprentice of horror, Jason. Yeah. Jason proposes that we, we establish a, an apprentice of horror title and I'm down for that. Like who would be a good apprentice of horror? Um, maybe like Julia Dorcano. Uh, like she's done one great movie with raw. And I hear Titan is great. So she's two for two, Apprentice of Horror. Um, Robert Eggers, Apprentice of Horror. Uh, Ari Aster, Apprentice of Horror. They're not masters yet because they've only made a couple of, of good movies. Those movies are stunners. But let's let's just take a breath and not get uh, hysterical until they, they come out with their other movies. Um. Andrew says, I saw glass just for Anya Taylor-Joy, who only shows up in the third act. Yeah, at some point I'll get around to that, because I did enjoy Split, and I'm curious about how it ties that unbreakable Split world together. Um, and isn't, uh, oh, geez, the actress who's on the American Horror Story, uh, Sarah Paulson, I think is in that as well, if memory serves, and I like her quite a bit. Um, Andrew also chiming in, Robert Eggers, Robert Eggers, apprentice of horror. Absolutely. Uh, Jason says it didn't help that M Knight's twist took hold at the same time. The massive collective brain power of the internet was rising up to churn through ideas and figure them out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would argue that even if you, if you knew the twist going, like even, if, I don't think it being spoiled for you is the problem the problem is that the twist does nothing to heighten the narrative you know like six Sense does because the whole movie is about a kid who sees dead people the twist being the guy who was helping him all along who you thought was uh, his counselor or whatever turns out to be dead and also there was this brilliant craftsmanship of having him in all these scenes where you know, you enter the scene at just the point where you feel like, oh, maybe he's just gotten finished talking to the mother, but that's not the reality of it. You know, it's, it, it doesn't feel like a cheat the way that, you know, something like the, the village felt like a cheat. Um, Dan saying Ben Wheatley, hugely, hugely overrated in my opinion. I don't know, man. I I'm in the earth did it for me. I, I'm not a fan of everything that Ben Wheatley has ever done. In the Earth fucking knocked my socks off. I thought In the Earth was... it. It's going to be hard to not have that be my favorite thing I've seen this year. I, I still have to catch up on some movies and whatnot, but if I were making a list today, In the Earth might be at the top of my list. I loved that movie. Um, 
<laughs> Jim saying I had a terrible date seeing The Sixth Sense. Jim, let me tell you about a show called The Heart of Horror that I think you might enjoy sending the full text of that story to. Um, I uh, I don't know that I have ever... No, I take that back. I was going to say I've never been on a date for an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and I think I was for The Visit. I think that was a date, and because I recall uh, how much uh, I laughed at the, the kid getting a face full of poo, and my date was less entertained by that. She was like, that's gross. I was like, that's hilarious. That teenager deserved it. Just like every teenager does. Every teenager deserves a face full of poo. Um, <laughs> Dan says that he hasn't seen In the Earth yet. Dude, It's I think it's on Hulu if you have uh, access to that. But you should see In the Earth. That I'm not saying it turned me around on everything Ben Wheatley ever did. But it definitely convinced me that he is a legit great director. And I like uh, Field in England a whole lot too. And Kill List. I like all three of those a whole lot. Um, less so like High Rise, but I enjoyed Sightseers well enough. I thought Sightseers was good. I think I, I'm I'm on board with Ben Wheatley. A master of horror, though? Well, let's do a patented Morbid Mondays deep dive. Or Sinister Sundays, again, if you're watching this live. Let's look very quickly and determine if Ben Wheatley is, in fact, a master of horror. All right. What has he directed? Here we go. Uh, starting with his features. Down Terrace, didn't see it. Kill List, yeah, I, I think Kill List is quite good. Sightseers, I think Kill List, uh, or Sightseers is quite good. I think A Field of in England is quite good. So that's that's three. Uh, high Rise, eh, it's interesting. In the Earth, that's uh, that's a great movie. And so that's four. That's four out of five. Ben Wheatley, Master of Horror. You heard it here first. You may not disagree with it, but that's math. This is science. I can't, you can't argue those numbers. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, Jason saying that's gross, right? Yes. So, Dan saying Kill List was amazing. Yeah, all you got to do is go, uh, is go with me as far as Field in England is good, not maybe not even great, just good, and that Sightseers is good, maybe not great. If you think both of those are at least good, ladies and gentlemen, we have a master of horror on our hands. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Dad. These are enjoyable. Um, okay, I look, we have crowned a new master of horror. We've decrowned. What do you call that when you decrown someone? Maybe just regicide. We have we have regicided Eli Roth. Uh, so I think our work here is done for tonight. Um, look, guys, uh, sincerely, this is so much fun. I came into uh, this evening being like, I am so tired, and I'm now leaving way more energized and excited uh, than when I started this show, which just goes to show you how much fun I have when we do these. Um, uh, <laughs> Andrew says, some will say Ari Aster for Master of Horror. Really like Ari Aster, but before Robert Egger. Again, uh, we can't we can't make these uh, dethroned. That's right, Dan. That's the word that I, I should have used. We have dethroned Eli Roth. Um, but Andrew, to your point, we just don't have enough movies. There's not enough data. We can't, according to Dark Parade rules, as set forth on this very program, 
um we cannot make this judgment until they have both done five films they're on a, they're on the right track both of them are, are on the path they are apprentices of horror at this point uh just because they have unblemished records um all right we're gonna do this for alan alan uh asked nicholas sparks master of horror so has nicholas sparks directed anything because that's what matters and also that i have seen the, the what he has done uh he has not directed anything but he has written 12 things so let's uh let's get to it message in a bottle didn't see it uh a walk to remember didn't see it the notebook didn't see it uh dear john didn't see it knights in rodanth didn't see it the last song didn't see it um the lucky one didn't see it wait 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 hold on i may have lied which one is the notebook the notebook i have seen the notebook is totally fine um not a horror film however uh safe haven didn't see it best of me didn't see it longest ride didn't see it the choice didn't see it welcome to the basement didn't see it um so the only thing i have seen from nicholas sparks is the notebook and i think that movie is totally fine i could be slightly uh biased in my opinion of the notebook because it was uh, a movie that i saw fairly early on when i started dating brandy and uh and we had a good time with it because at the end of that movie i talked to her about how horrifying it was that james garner just decided to lay in bed and die when he could have gone home with his kids and lived a happy life for a few more years uh but at any rate um uh james wan oh all right dan you asked for it here we go is james wan a master of horror uh james wan has directed uh how many movies he has directed 16 films we got to get to five no four four of five good movies so here we go stygian did not see uh saw uh i don't care for saw uh so no dead silence no death sentence i like death sentence i think that's a pretty good movie um insidious i'll give you insidious i think insidious is pretty good the conjuring celebrates criminals does not <laughs> that it can't count um insidious chapter two not very good furious seven not a horror movie conjuring two also celebrates criminals cannot be uh, counted um aquaman not a horror movie malignant mm, i'm gonna give it to you because that last hour half hour of malignant is really stupid and fun in a way i can get behind i think the movie as a whole is eh, i but i i think we're gonna count it um archive 81 i don't even know what that is it's in post-production uh aquaman and lost kingdom not a horror movie also not out yet so three uh horror movies that are good um not a master of horror i would argue he is an apprentice of horror at this point not a master all right so yeah he didn't get to the five movies okay i think my video is starting to chug i don't know if that's my connection or what uh jason saying master of mondays uh let's do this real quick hold on
All right. Uh, no, that didn't fix the problem. Okay. So, uh, we are going to wrap it up there, uh, due to some technical difficulties. Uh, it looks like we're freezing up a little. I don't know if you're hearing the audio. So anyway, um, as I was saying, I hope that you have an incredible week. Uh, you know, we got one more week to Halloween. Um, I hope you enjoyed this program. I hope you enjoyed, uh, what we've been doing on Legion podcast. I hope you're enjoying the dark parade as ever, please, you know, share and raid and all that stuff. It's still a new show. I'm still like clamoring for people to listen to it. Uh, so please, if you would, uh, uh, you know, help out, that'd be great. I appreciate it. Anyway, um, that's it again. Thanks for hanging out so much. I really, really appreciate listening and, and coming to the shows and interacting and all that stuff. And, um, that's it. We'll see you in, you know, uh, not next week. We will be taking next week off for Halloween. So I'll be back on November 7th. Is that right? That Sunday for another sinister Sunday. So, uh, we'll see you then. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.